Welcome to LinkedIn Attracting Opportunities. In this course, I'm going to teach you not only to set up your LinkedIn account uh, and share content, but ultimately how to attract opportunities for those of you that are uh, job seekers and uh, are looking for employment. So let's go through the agenda. Uh, there are seven things that I'm going to cover. Number one is what and why LinkedIn. Now, I know many of us probably already have a LinkedIn account and heard of LinkedIn, but I'm going to give you a little different way to think of uh, why LinkedIn is important and how to look at LinkedIn. Number two, your brand. In my opinion, this is the foundation to attracting opportunities. Number three, we'll get into how to optimize your profile. Number four, once we have that profile set up, let's start now looking at expanding and growing our network. And then number five, let's start getting active on LinkedIn, sharing content. What type of content should you be sharing? What about engagement? That's very critical, very important. And number six, let's talk about now finding your next opportunity. And I'm referring to your next job opportunity, whether you are passively or actively looking for uh, your next opportunity. I'll go over some of the uh, techniques to help you with that. And then lastly, I want to leave you with what I call a LinkedIn weekly plan. It is important that, um, that you take some, some baby steps to be able to uh, Hi, welcome to LinkedIn Attracting Opportunities. In this course, I'm gonna teach you not only how to set up your LinkedIn account, but also how to share content. And then I'll end it with uh, whether you're actively or passively looking for your next opportunity. I'm gonna talk about uh, some techniques to be able to find that next opportunity. But ultimately, this course is designed to help you attract those opportunities to you instead of the way most people go about I refer to it as begging for your next opportunity I don't know about you but I don't like to beg and so if you follow the steps that I'm going to outline in this course it will help you be able to attract those opportunities to you so the agenda number one I'll talk about what and why LinkedIn now, I know most people probably have a LinkedIn account. Um, also, a great majority of people don't use LinkedIn or are not active participants, participants but I'm going to uh, give you a different way, a different perspective to look at what LinkedIn is all about. Number two, in my opinion, in order to attract opportunities, your brand is our foundation to do that. So I'll talk about some of the concepts to help you create a very strong, compelling brand. Number three, let's talk about now optimizing our profile. What are some of the things that we need to do to our profile in order to make it look very appealing, uh, very professional and attractive? Number four, we have our profile set up. Now let's talk about growing our network. Who do we connect with? Uh, uh, should we just be accepting any invitation uh, that people send us or should we be selective? Number five, sharing content. 
This is very, very important. It's uh, about adding value, being top of mind, and also it's about creating engagement. It's not just about sharing a lot of uh, content, but it's also about creating that community, that engagement. Number six, we'll go into, for those of you that are actively, or like I said, passively looking for your next opportunity, I'm gonna give you some tips on how to find that next opportunity. And then lastly, I'm going to end it with what I call the LinkedIn weekly plan. See, it's important that we learn how to take some baby steps in order to eventually develop that habit. And so I'm going to take you through uh, a, uh, five things that you can do on, uh, uh, throughout the week to get you uh, active on LinkedIn. So let's get started. Okay, so what and why LinkedIn? I ask this question oftentimes and people give me different answers. Um, probably one of the, the, the most best answer that I've gotten, and this was actually from uh, a student in high school. They, I asked a question, they raised your hand, they said, Mr. Garcia, LinkedIn is like Facebook, but for adults. And I thought to myself, you know, that's not true pretty good way. It's a social media platform. And yes, professionals are on it. And we do share content, video, uh, images, and other things that we share. But um, let me help you out and, and give you a different way to think of uh, LinkedIn. I want you to think of LinkedIn as a career journey blog. Now I know almost all of us know what a blog is, right? Uh, last year, I did some training in Panama. And so like, I've never been to, to Panama, so like most people, went onto the internet and I typed in Panama and I was watching some videos and um, reading some articles and I went to some blogs uh, to read up on it. Now, think about this, okay? What if you go to a blog and the last time that blog was updated was maybe, oh, I don't know, six months ago? You know, you're kind of gonna wonder like, you know, I want some more current information. And um, you, know, you might give it a second chance and go back a day or two later and see if it's been updated. And you go back again to that blog and you realize, you know what, it hasn't been updated. What are you gonna do? Like most people, you're gonna go somewhere else to see where you can find some current information, right? That's just normal. Now the reason why I say career journey is because everything that you have been doing up to this point, I don't care if you just graduated from high school or if you've been out in the workforce like myself for almost 30 years, you have been doing things to help your career and therefore it's your journey. And I know for someone like myself that's been out in the workforce for a long time, it can be very challenging to figure out, well, what is it that I really put on my profile since I have been doing a lot? And I'll get into that. But again, I want you to think of it as a career journey blog because it's your LinkedIn profile. It's not something that you just create and let it sit out there uh, in the cyber world, but you should be actively engaging and maybe at times be making some changes to your profile. Now, why LinkedIn? This is not my statistic. This is from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Today, a recent college grad over their lifetime is going to have anywhere from 10 to 15 jobs. Now, especially in the tech industry, 
I used to work in the tech industry and um, back then in the mid to late 90s, early 2000s, uh, I, was, I worked in startups and every about year and a half, I was getting laid off, not because I'm a bad employee, but because if you know anything about startups, most startups go out of business or if they do get acquired and they keep anyone on the team, usually it's the uh, engineering team, the, the developers. I was on the sales side. And so sales and marketing, we tend to be the first ones to just get the boot, right? And um, and so I almost every year and a half, I was uh, looking for, for a new job. Today, like I said, a recent college grad uh, will have 10 to 15 jobs in their lifetime. Now, I know there's some industries out there, maybe education, uh, maybe nonprofit, government, that certainly is a lot less job changes. But even if you're not uh, the type of person that job pops, just in general, the economy is changing and you just never know what will happen. And it is best to be prepared so that if the situation happens where you do have to look for uh, a job, being on LinkedIn will certainly help you with that. Also, here's another statistics. 94% of recruiters are active on LinkedIn. This is the platform that recruiters are out there trying to find candidates, right? Yet, only 36% of candidates are on LinkedIn. Right now, you might think, well, but yeah, Oscar, because again, I'm not actively looking for work. I get it. You don't have to be actively looking. I'm not actively looking and I'm on LinkedIn. But let me tell you something, okay? If this pond here, there's two ponds. In pond number one, okay, you have a 95% chance of catching fish. And then over here, pond number two, you have a 36% chance of catching uh, a fish. Where are you going to throw your pole? Obviously, I'm pond number one. You're going to increase your chances. So if you want to get noticed by recruiters, go to where they're at, LinkedIn. Next, third reason. You have a 3% chance of getting an interview by applying online. Yet, you have a 91% chance of getting hired if someone at a director level or higher refers you to that opportunity. Think about that. 3% chance of getting an interview if you apply online, but a 91% chance of getting hired if that person that referred you is a director level or higher. Same scenario, 3%, 91% chance. Obviously, I'm gonna go with the 91% chance, but what do most people do? They apply online. Why do you apply online? Well, because that's what it says, Oscar, to do. Okay, I get it. Listen, you don't listen to your parents, right? So, I mean, what's the point? Well, they might get upset because, you know, if I don't follow uh, directions, you know what? That could happen. That could happen. In fact, I'll tell you a quick little story. I, uh, one time, this is again before uh, LinkedIn, but Monster.com and some of these other job boards were around, right? I, I was looking for work and uh, I saw an inside sales position for this uh, tech company. So what did I do? I used my um, uh, skills to get past the gatekeeper and reach out to the hiring manager because I wanted to talk to, to the hiring manager about the opportunity. Well, guess what? The hiring manager, I got through it. The hiring manager answers the phone. Hello? And I said, hi, yeah, this is Oscar Garcia. Um, 
understand that you are, are the one that's uh, hiring for the inside sales position. Yeah, sure. Don't you know how to follow directions? I mean, he was mean to me, right? And I was kind of like, in my mind, oh shoot, I think I blew it, right? Hang yourself up me. Obviously, that was it. I didn't move beyond that. But you know what? This is the thing. All of a sudden, after kind of like regain my senses, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I just used the skills that this hiring manager would want me to use in that role, prospecting, selling, identifying opportunities. And I was successful in reaching the person and he just poo-pooed on me because I did that. You know what? I just said, no, he's not the type of person, the manager that I want to work for because probably he's going to hold me back from my growth. So guess what? I went out there and found another opportunity. Folks, I don't need 10 offers. I just need the right offer that matches my values. And that's what you also need to look at as well. Okay, so what and why LinkedIn? So I want you to think of LinkedIn as a career journey blog. Now, we all, I think, know what a blog is, right? Last year, I traveled to Latin America, to Panama, and I had never been to Panama. And so, like most people, I went online, started watching some uh, uh, YouTube videos, reading articles, going on to some blogs to really understand the country, the culture, et cetera, and so forth. But think about this. What if you go to a blog and the last time that blog was updated was six months ago? Now, we might give it a second chance and go back again, maybe a day or two, a week later, to see if it's been updated. But if it hasn't been updated, we're probably not going to you know, keep going back and we're going to go somewhere else where there is some current information, right? Now, career journey, everything that you and I have been doing, I don't care if you just graduated from high school or if you've been out in the workforce for uh, almost 30 years like I have, that experience, as little or as much experience, it forms our career journey. So career journey blog means that you're going to keep uh, sharing and updating your LinkedIn profile uh, and be active instead of just like most people do they set up a LinkedIn profile and they don't do much with it or they find a job and they stop doing stuff on that profile so again think of it as a career journey blog something that you are constantly updating changing and being active now why use LinkedIn there are many reasons but I'm going to give you three reasons number one Okay, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, a recent college grad today will have 10 to 15 jobs in their lifetimes. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean 10 to 15 companies, but that could be a lot of companies that, that you can change. When I worked in the tech industry uh, about uh, 15 or so years ago, I worked for startups, and every year and a half, I was getting laid off. Not because I was a bad employee, but if you know anything about startups, most of them uh, go out of business. And if they don't go out of business, 
they get acquired and they keep anyone, usually it's in the engineers or the software development team. I was on the sales site, sales and marketing, boom, we're the first ones to get the boot, right? And so, so every year and a half, I was having to find uh, a, a job. Some of you might want to move up in the organization and, the, and depending on the size of the company, uh, you're gonna want to learn how to network and get yourself out noticed, et cetera, and, uh, and so forth. So um, I know there's some industries out there like education, nonprofit, maybe government, where the number of job changes uh, are a lot less, but you wanna be prepared in the event that something happens, the economy changes or whatever, so that you makes it so much easier to take that, to make that uh, transition to a next uh, job opportunity. Number two, okay, 96% of recruiters use LinkedIn, yet only 36% of candidates are on LinkedIn. Folks, imagine there are two pawns. Pawn number one, has you have a 96% chance of catching a fish. Pond number two, you have a 36% chance. Where are you gonna stick your pole? Obviously pond number one, because the chances are a lot higher, right? There's more fish there, okay? And so, so you, you and I need to go where the recruiters are, and that is on LinkedIn. Next, third reason is, is that it's about getting hired. Folks, most people apply online for jobs. They make it easy and I get it, whether it's LinkedIn, Indeed, Glassdoor, or some of these other online uh, job uh, boards, they make it really easy, right? Once you fill out your, your online resume or, or your LinkedIn profile, you just hit submit and then it sends the information out to the recruiters or hiring managers. Put yourself in their shoes. They're getting a ton of applicants, right? and people just keep applying online. And see, here's the thing. You have a 91% chance of getting hired. You have a 91% chance of getting hired if someone in that organization who is at a director level or higher refers you to that opportunity. We've all heard it's not what you know, but who you know. And it, here's a statistic to prove that. Now, why do you keep applying online? because that's what it says, sounds good to do. I get it. You don't listen to your parents. You don't listen to your partner, right? So why do you listen to the company? But, well, because if I don't listen to them, then maybe I won't get the opportunity, right? That, yeah, you're right, that could happen. That, that happened to me. This was before LinkedIn, when I was working in tech, I, uh, I Again, had gotten laid off. And so I come across this uh, inside sales uh, position and I use my skills as an inside salesperson, right? To get past the gatekeeper, identify the person that I want to speak to, et cetera, and so forth. And sure enough, I reached the hire manager. Hi, this is Oscar. Um, yeah, um, I understand that you're the hire manager for the inside sales position. Yeah, what do you want? You know, I just wanted to see if this is a good time for me to ask you some questions about it. I'm, I'm interested in that. Because, don't you know how to follow directions? Click. He hangs up on me. I was like, whoa. Ah. Okay, I think I just blew it. I don't think I'm going to get hired. And yes, I was bummed. I was disappointed. But then I realized I came to the, my senses. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
this guy just got upset at me because I used the skills that I would use if he was to hire me to identify and get past the gatekeeper and identify who, you know, my contact person is, et cetera, and so forth. And he just poo-pooed on me because I, I just showed him how to use my skills. I realized like, you know what? I don't think that's a type of leadership management that I want to work under. So therefore I took my ball and bat and I went somewhere else. Maybe some of you need to do that. Maybe that's a good wake up call to realize that's not the right company or values that you need to work for. They made your life so much easier. So again, look to identify who someone that can refer you to the opportunity and LinkedIn can help you with that. Your, your brand. So creating a very strong, compelling brand, in my opinion, is the foundation to attracting opportunities. And I wanna walk you uh, in this section through some of the things that you and I need to do in order to create uh, and enhance and have a very strong, compelling uh, brand. So there are, many articles out there that talk about a lot of things that make up our brand but i just i just like to keep things really simple this brain of mine okay just processes things in a very simplistic way and so first of all okay your brand i'm going to tell you something whether you are actively building your brand promoting your brand or not you have a brand and so i'd rather control my brand than just leave it unchecked, not doing anything, and still people are uh, creating that brand. And what do I mean by creating? It's the impression, the idea, the thoughts. When people hear your name, what do they think of about you? That's what I mean. Now, there are four main things that make up your brand. Number one, it's your image, right? Both online versus offline. Offline meaning when we meet someone face to face we form an impression of people. You're looking at me right now and you're forming an impression of me. You like me, you don't like me, whatever, okay? And if I was to see you, okay, whether it's on video or in person, I would be forming a first impression of you. I remember when I was the head of uh, the local chamber of commerce and uh, there were times that we were looking to fill a position, right? And, got their degree to the candidate, the job candidate, and within the first like 10 seconds of seeing that person, greeting them, I already formed an opinion. And in some cases, it was a negative impression of that person. Just being a nice guy that I am, I've been like, okay, let me just kind of go through this, the motions here of the you know, interview. Obviously it wasn't as detailed, but I was like, nah, this person, you know. Then there were some people who were, again, first impression was like, whoa, this whoa, like very good, strong, first impression, right? So think about that as well, um, both online and offline. Now, the other thing too that I sometimes hear in terms of uh, our image uh, and being online, some people say, well, you know what, Oscar? I'm kind of a private person and therefore that's why I'm, you know, I'm not online. I wanna tell you something about that. I can go on to websites 
type in your name and that website will tell me what addresses you have lived at over the last 20 years, who you live with, et cetera, and so forth. And you didn't even put that information out there. Folks, today, I know the privacy issues and so forth, and I don't like some of the stuff that's going on, but we can't help it. Technology, the internet, social media is here to stay. It's just gonna to continue to grow, grow. And so therefore, I'd rather take uh, control of my brand. Number two, your mission, your why, okay? Why do you do what you do? I'm gonna go into a little bit more detail here, in terms of your mission, but it's in this case, like I said, it's your why. Why do you do what you do? Now, there are two types of why. There's the personal why, and then and then there's the why. What's in it for other people? In this case, I'm referring to for you to think of the why. What's in it for other people? Or as a job seeker, the why. What's in it for the company or the opportunity that you're looking uh, to apply to? And then number three, your values your personal values. The more you can align your values with the values of the company, number one, you're gonna increase the chances of you getting hired. Number two, when you are in that interview, it's gonna it's going to come across, it's gonna show. People are gonna see that enthusiasm, that energy, that excitement, right? Because think about this, all right? Think about this. When you meet someone for the first time, you ever have that situation where you meet them and, and, and you start talking and then you realize like, oh my gosh, like I feel like I've known this person, right? And vice versa, oh my gosh, Oscar, I feel like I've known you. I feel like we've known each other for a long time, you know, kind of lost souls, lost brothers, etc. You know what that is? It's that chemistry. It's, you know, those values that we just kind of feel it. Now, here's the other thing too that I want to tell you. Don't be afraid, okay, to say bye to an opportunity as the example that I gave uh, previously, okay? Because companies also have values, you know, company culture, all right? And that also can also ultimately come into play from the company's standpoint. So it should also come to play from your standpoint because if you don't and you take an opportunity just for the sake of taking an opportunity, you might not be happy. I've been in that situation before. Took on an opportunity, and three, four weeks into it, I said three or four weeks into it, not three or four months into it, just weeks, I realized like, oh my gosh, I made a mistake. Like, why did I take this opportunity? And then lastly, number four, your vision, okay? Where are you going? What do you want to accomplish? Now listen, I am not Tony Robbins here where I'm like, come up with a 10-year plan, okay? I don't even know what I'm gonna have for lunch okay let alone 10 years from now but at least have some idea of what you want to accomplish and be able to communicate that in a hiring situation in a networking situation if you don't believe me that vision is important let me give you uh, an example about 10 years ago these two guys go to venture capitalists Right? They're looking for money. And they're, they say to the venture capitalists, okay, guys, here's an idea. We're going to get strangers to use their car to pick up strangers and drop them off at a strange location. Do you want to invest in our company? I know you're probably chuckling, right? Because like, obviously I'm talking about um, Uber or Lyft. 
these ride-sharing companies. How about Airbnb? People giving, allowing strangers to come into their home and, and, and stay in their home, right? It's about knowing how to sell your vision. Now, why is branding important? There are some fundamental reasons here of why branding is important. And let me uh, walk you through this. Again, like I said, branding is the foundation, okay? Number two, the branding leads to influencing others, which when you influence others, that leads to developing relationships, building and nourishing relationships. And when you are active doing things, right, that also influences and strengthens those relationships, which ultimately leads to gaining credibility, trust, and opportunities. How is that related to, for example, LinkedIn? Here it is. Your brand, again, is your why, it's your personality. The influence is your profile, your online presence. The relationships is making those connections and then knowing how to build and nourish those relationships. And then the activity is the content that you're sharing. You do those four things and it's going to lead to credibility, trust, and you're going to be attracting those opportunities. So I want to uh, elaborate let's talk about your why statement like I mentioned there are two types of why. There's the why what's in it for us personally and the why what's in it for others. I'm going to be talking about the why what's in it for others and how to come up with that why statement. Very, very important to lead off uh, with your uh, brand here. So when I used to work for the local chamber of commerce, this is how I would answer that question of like, so Oscar, what do you do? And I would say, I'm the president and CEO of the Mountain View Chamber of Commerce. We support and advocate on behalf of our members to create a more robust business community. Like, what? What the heck does that mean? Robust business community? Like, really? Like, what are you? What, what, what did I expect you to do? Like, get on your knees and be like, oh my gosh, Oscar, thank you so much. Because if it wasn't for you, you know, our community wouldn't be prospering and excited. No, right? Like, I feel like I was just kind of like trying to show off leading with the who or the what that's how 99 percent of the people out there when you ask them, hey what do you do right that's how they, they they talk right they lead with the who or the what now i actually encourage you i'm a huge fan of simon sinek's leading with why and i encourage you to watch his uh youtube video uh his tedx talk uh golden circle you, you, actually you, you can just listen to it, listen to it you don't even have to watch it in that 
TEDx talk, he compares companies like uh, IBM, Dell, with Apple. I would even include Samsung in here. And he says that the IBMs, the Dells of the world, when they come out with a new product or service, they always lead with the how or the what of the product or service. And I got to thinking, I'm like, you know what? That is true. If I think about Samsung, when Samsung comes out with their Galaxy phone, they always talk about the the features and benefits of that phone, the screen resolution, the megapixels on the camera, right? The pen, you know, what it can, you can do with the pen and all that type of stuff. But Apple, when they come out with the new iPhone, Mac, or whatever product, they always lead with the why, the experience, how it makes us feel. And yes, we can also learn about the how and the what. Think about, um, when you drive down the freeway and you see a billboard for an iPhone, all you see is the name of the phone, a picture of the phone, and like whatever the mobile company that's probably paying for that billboard down in the bottom right. That's it. Yet, when was the last time you saw a line forming for the release of the Galaxy uh, phone? But we do see lines, right, for the, uh, uh, the iPhone, or other Mac products that, that form the night before, in some cases, a week prior, because again, they're leading with why. Now, let me give you another example, right? You run into someone and you're like, hey, Mary, what do you do? Oh, I'm in marketing, more specifically, content marketing. Like, what does that mean, content marketing, to the average person? Like, okay, right? Most people aren't gonna question you, they're just gonna be polite, they're like, okay, but it's like, non-eventful like oh, no big deal what if instead you led with why and you answered it like this mary what do you do i bring clarity to marketing mumbo jumbo now i know this is probably not the best answer but again it's an answer that stops you on your uh, your tracks kind of gets you thinking i'm like wait a minute i wasn't expecting the answer what do you mean mary tell me more See, and it's that curiosity, it's that tell me more that you want people to have in a question you want them to ask you. Is another one, right? Hey, um, Amy, what do you do? Oh, I'm a software developer. Okay, great. I mean, at least, you know, I, I'm in Silicon Valley. At least in Silicon Valley, there's a lot of software developers. And gee, thanks to you, you know, Mary, being a software developer, my cost of living is so high that I can't even afford to live here, even though I've grown up in this area. Right? No. What if instead you answered it like this? Amy, what do you do? I figure out how to build the unbuildable in tech. See, that answer, I, first of all, what is our impression, the stereotype of software developers? Are they introverts or extroverts? Introverts. So if a software developer answers like this, Right, We're, again, it's gonna stop us in our tracks. First of all, I don't know about you, but I'm gonna be like, wow, this person has a sense of humor. Build the unbuildable in tech. I'm like, that's kinda of cool, I, okay, I get it. I understand, I'm not a techie person, but okay, I get it. And again, it's like, what do you mean? Tell me more. Leading with why. This is my why. I empower you, so opportunities come to you. See, I was at an event almost two years ago 
standing remotely, listening to a speaker, and I'm standing there, and I kind of felt someone's presence behind me, so I turned around, and sure enough, it was a dean of workforce development for one of the local uh, community colleges. We hadn't seen each other and spoken to each other in six plus uh, uh, months. And so he asked me, hey, Oscar, hey, great to see you. So what are you up to? What are you doing? And because he works with students, I kind of changed it up a little bit, and I said, I said, I empower students so opportunities come to them. And he's like, what do you mean? Tell me more. And I proceeded to tell him more. And he's, he says, do you have a business card? Gave him my card. And within less than five minutes of parting ways, because we had to listen to the speaker, he gets on his uh, cell phone, emails his executive assistant, copies me on the email and says to her, can you please schedule a meeting with Oscar? Because I want to talk to him about some opportunities with us. See, what I mean about attracting opportunities, if I would have said, oh, I started my own company, oh, good for you, right? No, I empower students so opportunities come to them. So we have our uh, created a strong brand. Now let's get into creating a strong and building it up. So we talked about building a strong brand and creating our why statement. Now let's talk about creating a strong and compelling LinkedIn profile. I'm gonna walk you through some of the basics and then get into some advanced uh, things. First off, Add a professional looking photo to your profile. Folks, stop cropping pictures, okay? Stop leaving it without a picture. Today, I'm not saying you have to hire a professional photographer. Nowadays, with your cell phone, use obviously the back camera because it has higher resolution, not the front camera, and have someone take a picture with the background that matches your skin tone and smile, smile. But Oscar, I hate my smile, I know. So do I, honestly. And then I go work at the uh, Chamber of Commerce, bunch of events, Roman cutting ceremonies, bunch of pictures, and I'm like, oh my gosh, God has a sense of humor, right? I, I, I'm like, I hate my smile. So you know what I did? I practiced smiling. My staff used to give me a hard time and say, Oscar, what are you doing? I'm like, uh, I'm practicing smiling because one day I'm gonna look back at those pictures and I'm not gonna like the way I look. So. I kept practice my smile because we come across friendly when we smile. So professional looking photo of your headshot and smile. Next, that blue rectangle box that you see right underneath your name is what LinkedIn calls a headline. And another way that you can think of it is like a tagline. If I say the phrase, just do it, obviously Nike, comes to mind. Now, if you don't change it, the default is whatever your most recent position um, that you have on your LinkedIn profile is what it's gonna say. So if you are um, in uh, commercial sales uh, services, uh, financial services, that's what it's gonna say. 
Now, your title is not your brand. It's not. That's what you do. Okay. Now, I'm going to give you some, show you some recommendations of the things that you can do to change your headline and make it very compelling as well. I'll use myself as an example. So again, when I worked at the Chamber of Commerce, my title was President CEO, which is what you see on your left. But I changed my headline on LinkedIn to say, Compassionate Capitalist CEO. Compassionate Capitalist CEO. Kind of sounds like an oxymoron, right? But listen to this. I would sometimes get, get people that would just copy my headline, message me with a question mark. I was okay with that because what that meant is, what do you mean by compassionate capitalist CEO? It was an invitation for a dialogue. You ever been in a situation where a recruiter stops uh, returning your, your emails or your phone calls and just kind of like, hey, what's going on, right? Or don't you want that opportunity to at least have a dialogue and figure out like, okay, well, if I'm not getting the uh, moving on in the, in the job interview process, can you at least tell me why? Of course. Next. I did a one-year contract uh, gig, a consulting gig at LinkedIn, and my title was Community Partnerships Manager. On LinkedIn, I changed it to say Building Community Through Public and Private Partnerships. This time I went short little phrase. And see, that's another way that you can go about it for some of you that, that are, uh, might make sense uh, for you to come up with a short little phrase, okay? And today, I'm the founder and chief empowerment officer of Aspida Consulting. That is my title. But on LinkedIn, I've gone keyword. So I say CEO, introvert turned speaker, LinkedIn and social selling, workforce development, community relations. That's what I've gone today. Those keywords. So if someone's looking for a speaker or LinkedIn or social selling training, I increase the chances of my profile being uh, at or near the top because LinkedIn uh, platform algorithm is keyword driven. So this is another way that you can go about it. Now, if you're wondering, well, which way should I go? That short little phrase that you had, Oscar, or keywords. Typically, what I encourage if you are in a position uh, doing type of work where it's um, very skill oriented, so for example, a software developer, if you're in accounting, et cetera, those type of skills are they're very skill specific. You might want to put key skills in your headline. Otherwise, you can go into more of that short uh, phrase statement as uh, I shared with you. Next, your about section. This is also very critical. And I'm going to be honest with you, this is also probably one of the hardest things uh, to write because if we don't have a lot of experience, we're new to the workforce, right? We're thinking, hey, how can I share if I don't have a lot of experience? What do I say? Or if we've been out in the workforce for a long time, then it becomes like, how do I shorten it so that it is concise yet compelling? Well, I'm going to help you out. First off, I'm a fan of writing this in the first person, not the third person, okay? Secondly, when you write it, write it kind of it's like it's a personal story and make people feel like when they read it, that you're literally right across the table for them. It's like, imagine if you and I were meeting for the first time, whether it's 
online or for a cup of coffee, right? We meet and I ask you like, hey, so Joe, tell me about yourself. Well, Oscar, you know, I've been doing this, this and that, et cetera, and I used to do this and now I want to do that. That's how, you know, a normal conversation would go, okay? Make sure that you include some keywords, keywords related to the type of work that you want to do, all right? Now, on the bottom right, you're going to th see three questions that are very critical for you to answer. Number one, who are you? By that, I mean, what are some of your personality traits? Ask some of your friends, ask some of your family members, right? What are some of the personality traits that come to mind when you think of me? Number two, what do you do? That is where you can talk about your career journey, like I mentioned earlier. And then number three, your why. What's, why do you do what you do? What are you passionate about? What's your cause? What's your belief? Put it in there. Now, I'm going to show you an example of a profile of what not to do. This person says, educator, teacher, administrator, manager, consultant with experience in board governance, nonprofit, corp, uh, corporate, international business, public and private higher education. Like, stop. Really? Like, obviously, this person has a tremendous amount of experience, okay? But is that how we talk if we were sitting across the, the table at a coffee shop? Hey, this is not the person's name, but hey, Pete, so tell me about yourself. Well, Oscar, educator, teacher, minister, manager, consultant, I don't know about you, but if this person spoke to me like this and we're sitting right across the table, I'd be like, this guy is weird. Like, why can't he just talk normal, right? I think what this person's trying to do is game the LinkedIn algorithm by putting as many keywords, but that's not how you do it. There's a way to do it where you have the keywords and you also make it personable, right? It's that kind of that, some, some finesse, some happy medium balance. Here's another profile, okay? I wanna share this one here with you. First of all, if you notice right underneath Angelica name, it says aspiring professor of ethnic studies. Obviously, right off the bat, we know what she wants to do. She wants to be a college professor, ethnic studies college professor. And she says, I am a master's student at San Jose State University who aspires to one day become a professor of ethnic studies. My goal as a future educator is to help create an engaging, creative, and strong educational foundation to future generations. My passion for education has been an ongoing cause that has led me to volunteer for organizations such as Mesa de la Comunidad and Aspira. By pursuing my passion for academia, I hope to expand my horizons and gain more insight into a world of limitless possibilities. Folks, she answers the three questions that I mentioned earlier. Now, does she have any experience being a college professor? No. What is she doing? She's selling her vision of what she wants to accomplish. See, this is how, for those of you that don't have very much experience, or those of you that are looking to transition careers, this is how you sell where you want to go. Now, I told you the first step, okay, to a to, to attracting opportunities is creating their professional brand, but also getting that interview, right? You at least, I mean, if, if I saw her profile, she reached out to me and said, hey, Oscar, you know what? Can you make an introduction to the dean of blah, 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 whatever university? And I read her about section, I would be like, wow, I'm impressed. That's, oh my gosh, yeah. Hey, send it off and do that introduction. Help others really, you know, not have to cross your fingers that you're good, but rather they can read it and see it. Also, 
right underneath uh, your, your About section, some of you might be seeing now a featured uh, section uh, from LinkedIn. This is an area that LinkedIn, a new feature that they've been rolling out, and it gives um, uh, users an opportunity to highlight certain uh, aspects that we are very proud of, our work, et cetera, and so forth. And um, there, as you can see, there's the About section right up, up above it, and then there, um, this is actually uh, a snapshot of my LinkedIn profile. As you can see, I have some articles there. I actually have some videos uh, that, I've, uh, that I'm highlighting. You can link it to a post. If there's a post that you saw that you received a tremendous amount of engagement, you can share that, uh, highlight, excuse me, that post uh, under the featured uh, section. Next, education. Obviously, you're going to include uh, whatever college, university, vocational training that you have received included here. Um, and uh, the other thing, for those of you that have been out, in, uh, uh, out of college for, say, more than 15, 20 years, you have the ability to, to not include those uh, years on your profile. The other thing that I want to say here about education is for those of you that are, again, more kind of in those technical fields or have taken courses that are relevant to your next opportunity, make sure that you highlight those courses here. Don't make recruiters or hiring managers guess or have to search to see if you have that qualification. Just bring it out and highlight it. Your work experience. This is another area that's also very important. Now, obviously, you're going to write the name of the company that you work for, but I also want you to include one or two sentences describing what that company does. Then go ahead and talk about your role and responsibilities within that organization. Now, I want to save you some time. Do a search for some job descriptions of the position or positions that you have had in assuming you've done that work just copy some of that wording why because first of all i'm not a professional hr person that knows how to come up with job descriptions they say things so much more elegant right but the other thing too is you want to make sure that you're using relevant terminology what do i mean by that i remember a few years back I had started a nonprofit with family and friends, and um, I used to refer to myself as co-founder, co-founder, co-founder of that nonprofit. And then one day I was reading this article about social entrepreneurs, social entrepreneurs. I'm like, what the heck is a social entrepreneur? I looked it up, I'm like, that's me. And so I changed it, social entrepreneur. Tomorrow they come up with a new terminology for that, I'm gonna change it. So I'm gonna, I'm keeping myself always relevant. Now, the other thing too under this section is I want you to include examples of your work. Photos, PowerPoint presentations, links to maybe talks that you have done, okay? Other videos, you can upload it here. Now, I am not saying here to violate any non-disclosure agreements, absolutely not, okay? Um, if you don't have any, any content to uh, upload, maybe what you need to do is start creating and generating some content so you can uploaded here. Why is it important? Because it's common sense. When you write a, uh, a resume or um, your LinkedIn profile, we're all going to say positive things about ourselves. So if everyone's saying positive things about themselves, what's the differentiator? Examples of your work. Include those. 
skills and endorsements. Now, with skills and endorsements, you have the ability to add up to 50 different skills on your profile. What I encourage you to do is to, because you can sort them in whatever uh, uh, option uh, or, or list that you want. And what I encourage you to do is to um, take the top five skills as it relates to your next opportunity and move them up to the top. Okay. Next, I want you to reach out to your network and ask them to endorse you. Now, you be a giver, not a taker. What do I mean? You endorse other people. Okay. Because when you endorse other people's skills, they get notified and oftentimes they will reciprocate back uh, as well. Okay. Volunteer experience. This is also another area that we can include information. Now, um, if you're uh, a, a young professional or going off, uh, graduating from college and going into the workforce, uh, volunteer experience, uh, oftentimes employers will view volunteer experience just as important as regular work experience. So obviously it makes sense to include your volunteer experience in your profile. For those of us that have been out in the workforce for a long time, you might be thinking, well, how does that apply to me, Oscar? I'm gonna tell you, some companies, corporate social responsibility is a big deal to them. And so by you adding your uh, volunteer experience, you're painting a, 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 a picture of yourself that you're not just all work, 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 work. Also, your network for some, to some people, that might be important too, the fact that you are a giver, helping the community, et cetera, and so forth. So add volunteer experience. Not only that, but volunteer experience can also help you in terms of uh, finding, uh, uh, getting recommendations from executive directors and network and so forth. Organizations. If you belong to any uh, professional organization at your college or university or in your professional life, add that as well. If you speak uh, other languages, LinkedIn gives us the ability to not only uh, include that language, but also indicate our level of proficiency. In my case, I am fully bilingual, bicultural in Spanish. So for me, that's a huge benefit in that I'm able to do these type of trainings in Spanish as well. So obviously if someone's looking for a Spanish uh, trainer or someone that speaks Spanish, they can find me on LinkedIn. And then lastly, recommendations. Now, you have to be connected to someone in order for them to write your recommendation. When someone writes your recommendation, you have three options. Number one, you can accept it as is, and it goes onto your profile. Number two, you can ask them to make some edits, tell them what those changes are. And then number three, you can flat out reject that recommendation. Now, I also encourage you to get recommendations that paint a broad picture of who you are, not just Oscar Garcia training, Oscar Garcia public speaking. No, you know, volunteer work, leadership, yes, public speaking, et cetera, but something that paints, again, that holistic, well-rounded picture of you as a person.
So we've completed our profile. Now we are ready to reach out to our network. And this is where uh, a lot of the connections and opportunities begin to happen because now you begin to expand and grow your network. So first of all, who do you connect with? You can connect with people who, uh, with whom you worked with, you know, supervisors, colleagues, past uh, employers, people that are in the same occupation, different industry, uh, same occupation, uh, same industry, target companies, people, right? You have your list of companies that you want to work for. And so you can connect with uh, some of those people at those companies. Another group is your school alumni. This is like golden right here. I went to UC Berkeley and we have the same, you know, right? Go Bears, right? And then like almost any time that someone from, uh, that went to UC Berkeley sends me an invitation to connect, I'm going to connect with them, right? Because we have some common war stories that we can share and so forth. But this is an example of who you might uh, connect with. Now, let me give you some other ideas too of where you can find uh, people that you can connect with as well. On your LinkedIn account, your notifications, the little bell, every time someone comments on a post, likes a post of yours or, you know, other things, you go there and you can see the notifications and um, that, that's an opportunity for you to reach out to your network and connect with them. And the who's viewed your profile. If you have your setting set where people can see that you viewed their profile, then you're going to be able to see who viewed your profile. I, sometimes people kind of get a little creepy about this, meaning like, oh, I'm not sure, you know, like, do I reach out? Someone look at my profile. What do I do? Ah. I'm like, that's a great opportunity to, to, to network. Go look at their profile and reach out to them. Find some common ground, right? I'm going to show you some examples of some messages that you can send to people. But this is a great uh, opportunity to, to know who looked at your profile and maybe you want to connect with those people. Uh, people that have viewed your posts, as well and uh, commented. I like to oftentimes uh, with my post uh, that I share on LinkedIn, I'll see that people that I'm not connected to maybe commented on those posts and it gives me an opportunity to send an invitation to connect with those people. Uh, views of other people's posts. So if someone shared a post and they've and it's their setting is where anyone on LinkedIn can see it, you can go there and you can see who liked or commented on that post. And then lastly, mutual connections, right? You go and look at someone's profile and you can see, you know, that whether or not you have some mutual connections and that's another area that you can uh, uh, go to, to connect with people. Now, when you send an invitation to connect, I highly encourage you to follow the five P's of a connection request. Be polite, pertinent, personalize it, be professional and persistent. Folks, always personalize that invitation uh, that you send out. There's an option on the mobile device. When you click more, it says uh, personalized invite, personalized invite. On the desktop, when you go to their profile, same thing. I never sent out an invitation to connect to someone just like from the window where you see their name and you see like this little blue cross. No, because what happens if you do it that way it's not personalized, it's just an invitation to connect. Always personal, I always go to the person's profile. Now, here's some examples of what you can say to someone when you reach out. So let's say, for example, I wanna connect with Andy Block, who's in the mortgage industry. I would, again, 
go to his profile and personalize the invitation. And I would say this, hi, Andy. I noticed that we both know John King. See him establishing some common ground at Mutual Connection. I really enjoyed your presentation regarding first time home buyers. Thought it would be nice to connect on LinkedIn. Oscar, that's it. Simple to the point. Off it goes. Here's another example. Let's say you're reading your feed, your LinkedIn feed, and someone in your network shares an article from someone else that you're not connected to. You could say, hello, Sarah. I trust this invite finds you in the best of health. Thank you for sharing your article, Networking Advice from a Pro. It's interesting. I'd like to add you to my professional network on LinkedIn. Let's stay connected. Short and sweet again. Here's another example. This is a complete cold uh, connection request. So David is a vice president of human resources for VMware, obviously a big tech company in Silicon Valley. One night I was uh, just scrolling through my LinkedIn newsfeed and I saw an article that someone in my network uh, shared and um, I clicked on the article and I read it and it resonated with me. It was an article about David's story and his parents being immigrants here, migrant workers. And it resonated with me because my parents were also migrant workers. And so I went to David's LinkedIn profile and I sent him this message. And I said, hi, David, I just read your story, inspiring. My parents were migrant workers and I can relate to your story. I welcome the opportunity to connect uh, with you on LinkedIn. Within five minutes of sending him this message, he accepted my invitation to connect. Guess what? Now it's the start of building and nourishing that relationship, right? So a question that I oftentimes get is, who do I connect with? Now, people have different opinions. There are some people uh, on one end of the spectrum that are totally open connectors. They will connect with anyone. And then on the other end of the spectrum are people who like, well, no, I need to have met that person in order for me to connect. I'm kind of more like in the middle. And so there are three things that I look at when I, uh, whether or not I'm gonna connect with someone or accept their invitation to connect. Number one, can I add value? Meaning, can I help you? Can you help me, right? Number two, do we have any mutual connections? And if the answer is yes, who are those mutual connections? Because obviously, right, I have people that I respect. And so if you're connected to those people, I'm like, okay, birds of a feather flock together. So, oh, okay, you're connected to this person? Okay. And then lastly, where are you located geographically? Prior to last year, I only had one connection in Panama. Now I have probably close to like 300. But listen, I'm not looking to do business in every part of the world. So you send me an invitation to connect from some part of the world and I'm just like, eh, no, you know, I'm probably not going to accept your invitation to connect. These are the three criteria that I use. Feel free to use them as well. Sharing content. Okay, 
this is now things are getting excited. All right, we're gonna uh, learn how to share some content, create some engagement on LinkedIn because this is about adding value, being top of mind. Okay, and, and uh, I refer to it as um, kind of going to the gym, right? Most people treat LinkedIn like a gym membership. Okay, right? They they beginning of the year, right? New Year's resolution. I want to get healthy, etc. and so forth. So you go to the gym, sign up, you get your membership. And I remember, like at the beginning of the year, by the first two months or so, oh my gosh, show up to the gym even at five thirty in the morning. It's like oh, I have to wait my turn, right? But then I remember. Oscar, just wait, February 22nd, February 22nd, and then all of a sudden things are gonna go back to normal. And sure enough, right, February 22nd, came around and I walk into the gym, I'm like, wait a minute, I don't have to wait my turn anymore. And it's because people stop showing up. People set up their LinkedIn account, they find an opportunity, stop using it, or maybe they just don't know how to use it, right? So let me show you here, what are some of the things that you need to do in order to be active on LinkedIn? First of all, I encourage you to follow the rule of thirds. The rule of thirds says that a third of what you share should be about your personal or your professional brand. Folks, I believe in taking care of the environment. I believe we shouldn't be using straws because they're killing the turtles. But that is not my brand, so therefore, I don't like comment or share a post on the environment saving the turtles. Number two, share stuff about your industry, right? Or the industry, if you're looking to transition careers, what industry are you looking to get into? Share stuff, content about that, that industry. And then number three, share other people's content. We already do that on other social media platforms, right? Facebook or you know, whatever, TikTok or whatever, right? We, we capture those old videos and we share them, right? Again, yes, I get it, they're funny, et cetera, and so forth. Well, guess what? When you share other people's content on LinkedIn, they get notified that you reshared their content. And that's a nice, subtle way to also stay top of mind for those of you that maybe perhaps got ghosted or you know, you're the, the, the recruiter or the hiring manager has gone silent on you, Take an article, go onto their feed, either comment on one of their posts or take one of their posts and reshare it, maybe tag them or whatever. And it's again, a nice little sign of way for you to come back and be top of mind uh, in that person's mind. Okay, where do you find content? One, you can create some news alerts, like Gmail news alerts, and find some keywords for the industry that you're in, again, related to your brand, and then um, have those um, uh, uh, articles come to you. I have my keywords, and every day, if there's any articles with those keywords, I get a news alert with those articles there. You can also actually use uh, 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 apps that are news aggregator apps. I don't get paid for, anything, for, for making this announcement or anything, but um, I really, really like the app Flip board one word flipboard it's a news aggregator app you can set up different news categories even by hashtags right and so um i just go open up my app and i literally just scroll through the um uh, the news uh, articles and if i find an article that i like then i share it also number two social media cross 
uh, uh, promoting uh, or sharing content from other social media. Sometimes I'll share stuff from LinkedIn on Instagram or Instagram to LinkedIn or Twitter or whatnot. You can do that as well. You Hashtags uh, are also another way on LinkedIn that you can find content uh, as well. If you uh, type in in the search field, hashtag um, home buying, you're going to see the posts that have the hashtag home buying in that post. You can go onto those posts and you can reshare that information uh, as well. And then lastly, you can create it yourself. Folks, almost 100% of the content that I create is on my mobile phone. I'm just always on the lookout for situation. I pull out my phone, take a picture, or I find uh, a, a picture, um, there's some sites like uh, Pixabay, Unsplash, where you can find some royalty-free photos, or I make my own little videos. I create it myself. Let me show you some examples. On the upper left, that is a slide deck that I created a few years back to help startups uh, do community outreach when they're beta testing their product. This particular slide deck, when I took a screenshot, again, a few years back, it had almost 10,000 views. It's just my opinion. Put it up there uh, online, and there, there it is. On the bottom, that infographic. I also created that infographic. 11 tips for fundraising with LinkedIn for nonprofits, right? There, okay? Just my infographics. People love them because they're very simple, easy to, to read, very colorful. On the upper right, is a picture obviously of me speaking. Someone took that picture. I used an app called Adobe Sparks Post that I um, added my uh, my quote. Canva's another one. And I just reshared that uh, image uh, after on LinkedIn. But again, folks, I'm using my content here, very simple. Now, some people say, well, geez, Oscar, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of hard because, I, I, you know, I'm not a techie. Okay, listen, I get it, okay? I'm not a techie either. I'm also not a mechanic, but I know how to drive a car. Like, what's your next excuse? Learn some basic things. You can also upload and share documents uh, as well. Everything from PDFs to PowerPoint presentations to you know like white papers or other reports uh, as well. And it's nicely formatted. LinkedIn nicely formats it for you, so you can share that as well. Another thing that you can do as far as content is you can publish articles. LinkedIn uh, is also a publishing uh, platform where you can take some short articles and share those uh, as well. Here's an example of an article that I wrote. The title of it is How to Succeed as a, C as a CEO When You've Never Been a CEO. This is my experience of when I led the local chamber of commerce. Took this article, wrote it on LinkedIn, and I published it. And it's one of the articles that is visible to anyone. It's another way for me to help other people share my my thoughts, my opinions, and it also helps me be top of mind and it helps me build and enhance, enhance my brand. Here's the very first article that I wrote on LinkedIn. I am a minority. It's a little bit about my immigrant story, but it's really what it is of uh, taking the word minority and because typically it has a negative connotation and flipping it upside down and looking at it from a positive standpoint. 
This article was selected by LinkedIn by the uh, their editors and has gotten well over 11,000 uh, views, a lot of comments and likes and so forth. Okay, it's not just sharing content for the sake of sharing content. I know people on social media, on LinkedIn, that have 30,000 plus people uh, that they're connected with, yet when I look at their activity feed and I look at how often people either are liking or commenting on their post in the single digits, and you know what it tells me? It's like, buddy, like, no one cares for your content. Like, stop sharing this stuff and share some other stuff. What good does it do to have 30,000 people and no one, no one really is engaging? It's like, it's like, you know, you want to throw a raging party, right? And, you know, you have a list of 30,000 people to invite and you invite it and, and you sent the, the invitation online and only seven people opened the invitation. Not very many people. What does that tell you about you, right? So... Talk about engagement. What are some of the, the posts? First of all, don't do this. This is a snapshot of a post of uh, someone that I'm connected with that is shared. Very bland, boring post, right? Like I'm scrolling through this post. What the heck does a blue door? What is it? What what does that got to do with it? Right? Like dress it up. Maybe put some text or some images on that uh, on this photo to dress it up. I kind of call it like the birthday gift approach. Think about when you buy someone a birthday gift. Do we not wrap it? Do we not put a bow? Do we not buy a birthday card and give it to that person? Of course we do. We don't just grab, you know, uh, the gift and just whatever bag they give it to us and like, hey, happy birthday. No, dress it up. Same thing with some of these images. Most people on LinkedIn, they just upload just a regular image up there. Here's another example, okay, of, uh, of engagement. So this gentleman, okay, took his company badge, a picture of it, and shared it on LinkedIn. I'm not connected to this person, but someone in my network either liked it or commented. And what he said was, first day on payroll, 9178. Last day on payroll, 329-2019. I have fought the good fight, finished the, the course, and kept the faith. One door closes, another one always opens. May you all go in peace. And so that's it. And this person, when I took a screenshot, had almost 90,000 likes and almost 4,000 comments. All he did was just take a picture of his company badge upon retiring. That's it. But it's what it is. The engagement was what he said in the simplicity of this message and then also the fact that it hit a nerve with a lot of people, obviously. Here's another example. Again, I'm not connected to this person, but Blessing, all she did was take a picture in front of a LinkedIn sign. And she said, nine months ago, students were questioning my presence on LinkedIn. Now they're asking me for advice on how to get started, et cetera, et cetera. Almost 2,500 likes, almost 160 comments. She shared her experience and just that picture, boom, again, it hit a nerve. This is what I mean by uh, engagement. Now, folks, there are three simple things to do uh, in terms of sharing content. If, there, if you forget everything else that I've said to you, these are the three simple things to do. Number one, like a post. Folks, liking something takes like two seconds. Number two, comment. Okay, what do I say? 
Oscar, thank you very much for sharing that article. It was very helpful. Keep it simple, folks, okay? Eventually, you'll work your way up to where you're at some more depth to your comments. And then number three, share a post. So like, comment, or share a post. Those are the three simple things that uh, you can do on LinkedIn as it relates to sharing content. We're gonna talk next about finding your next opportunity. This is what we've all been waiting for, right? Finding your next opportunity. But in order to get to this point, got to work on some of the fundamentals to help us attract opportunities. So let's get into this section here. First off, okay, opportunity. I mentioned before, you have door number one and door number two. Door number one, you have a 3% chance of getting through. Door number two is 66% chance. Which one would we uh, attempt to go through? Obviously door number two, okay? But as I mentioned, Previously, when it comes to uh, applying for a job, three, you have a 3% chance of, apply, uh, of getting an interview if you apply online, yet most people keep going and banging their head on door number one. And you have a 66% chance of getting hired if you're referred by an employee. Now, look at this statistic, it increases. If that person is a director level or higher, your chances now are 91% chance of getting hired. I want you to think if the vice president at your company went to HR or to the hiring manager and said, I want you to interview Oscar, even though I don't fit the criteria, guarantee you they would at least give me an interview. Why? Because the boss said so. See, the challenge here is for a lot of, uh, for many of us, and it used to be in my case, is not knowing how to connect with people, not knowing how to network. Talked about that in some previous uh, chapters. And here are the statistics, depending on the size of the company. If uh, it's a small company, 14% uh, of the referrals are hired. Medium-sized company, 24% of referrals are hired. And a large company, 27%. Of their, uh, uh, of their hires are referrals. So it makes sense for us to be networking and looking to be referred to an opportunity. Now, here's some, some tips on finding your next opportunity. Number one, make a target list of 10 to 20 companies. Folks, stop throwing a bunch of mud up against the wall, hoping something sticks. Don't do that, okay? I have known some people who are like, oh my gosh, Oscar, you know, I applied to like 50 different jobs and like, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm like, Bob, why did you apply to so many? I mean, like, geez, how many times do you need to bang your head up against the wall in order to realize like it's not working? So stop doing that. Make that target list. Do your homework. Research, some, some, research these opportunities. Find out and make sure that you... Uh, like the growth in that company, the values matches your values, et cetera, and narrow it down to that 10 to 20 uh, companies that uh, you're interested in. In fact, I'll give you another little uh, inside tip here. Even if a company isn't hiring, they might have some opportunities still. I have been in situations where they created an opportunity, they never promoted it or advertised it, and they created it for, for me by, again, 
having that 10, that target list of 10 to 20 companies, you're really focused and that passion, that energy, et cetera, is gonna come out during the interview. You, number two, you can use LinkedIn or Google Jobs. Um, the tips that I share with you are all tips that you can use uh, for free on the free um, uh, service uh, LinkedIn uh, plan. But um, if you want, you can, if you're actively in the market, you can uh, bump yourself up to, I think they call it the career uh, service option. It's like 30 bucks a month and that will help you um, with your career search. Go on LinkedIn and you can read all the different um, uh, added uh, benefits that you get with uh, that level. The other thing too is, is that you can actually, if you log in to uh, Google, say to your Gmail account, and then open up a new browser and type in Google Jobs. Um, not Jobs at Google, but there's a feature that Google has where you can actually create uh, search criteria based on the type of jobs that you're interested in. You can get really, really specific. And once you create that criteria, you can then set some alerts so that every time there is an opportunity that matches that criteria, LinkedIn is going to notify you about those uh, opportunities. And what's cool about that is that A, it's free. Number uh, uh, B is, is that if Google searches places like LinkedIn, Indeed, Glassdoor, and some of these other job boards, uh, online job board sites. So it makes it easy for you to just in one place, just kind of scroll and see what opportunities there are. Number three, make sure you give introductions, meaning help your network, and then also don't be afraid to ask your network for introductions uh, as well. Number four, informational interviews are also very important to get an inside scoop at a company or understand the career journey that it takes in order to get to that particular uh, opportunity. So feel free to uh, schedule some informational uh, interviews as well. Number five, identify that partner or that hiring manager. If you do have that paid career uh, level on LinkedIn, it does give you um, or tells you who posted the position on LinkedIn. So it does help you. But the reason why I tell you to identify the hiring manager or um, a partner, you know, with their, or the recruiter within that uh, organization is because if there aren't any mutual connections, you can ask your network to make that introduction to that person and it increases chances of you getting that interview. And then lastly, network, 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 network. When I was in sales, I used to hear, uh, I used to be told that the acronym a uh, ABC, always be closing, always be closing. And you know what? Today, I still believe in ABC, but it's actually always be connecting, always be connecting, ABC, always be connecting, folks. So I've covered a lot of great information and it could seem kind of overwhelming. So I want to leave you with a five day plan or a LinkedIn weekly plan to help you take some baby steps in order to get yourself active on LinkedIn, um, updating your profile, creating that content and building those relationships so that again, ultimately it helps you in your job, uh, job search as well. And, in attracting opportunities. So here's a very simple 
plan and here's what I want you to do on a daily basis, okay? On Monday, reach out to three to five contacts. These are people that you haven't spoken to in five months or longer, okay? If, if it's been two years, three years, or even longer, great, okay? Even better. And you're probably wondering, well, what do I say to those people? To say something as simple as, hi, David. You know what? Oh, my gosh. Um, I apologize. I haven't talked to you in a long time. Just wanted to check in to see how you're doing. I did this uh, about six months ago, and it was someone that I hadn't spoken to in about two and a half years. Reached out to him and um, uh, my friend David. And I said, David, it's Oscar. And Oscar, hey, how you doing? Oh, my gosh. What have you been up to? I'm like, oh, David, you know what? I apologize that... I dropped the ball and I haven't spoken to you, right? I put it on me. And uh, yeah, we proceeded to chat and catch up and so forth. And after about 20 or so minutes uh, of speaking, he's like, you know what, Oscar? Thank you so much for reaching out. It was great to hear from you. Hey, no problem, David. Well, about two months later, I'm flying back from my second trip to Panama and I do. I have a layover at, in Houston. And as soon as I get off the phone, right, turn on my phone on and the alerts start, you know, coming in and I see that I have a voicemail from David. I check my voicemail and he says, Oscar, give me a call because I met with a potential client. I can't help them. They need someone to do some training in Spanish. And I thought of you. I was like, wow, cool. We talked and so forth. And I'm willing to bet you that if I wouldn't have reached out to him, I don't think he would have remembered me being top of mind. See, it's about building and nourishing those relationship folks. Okay. When you reach out to these People, don't ask them for anything. Just check in, okay? Tuesday, I want you to set up your news alerts so that you can start creating content uh, or have content to be able to share. Wednesday, I want you to like, comment, or share a post. Like I said, liking a post takes like two seconds, okay? So commenting, same thing. Keep the, the comments very simple. Hey, thanks for sharing the article. It was helpful. And then later on, you can uh, add more to that content, uh, your opinions, thoughts, et cetera, and so forth. And then lastly, the, the one that takes the more, most time is the sharing uh, of a post. Because you, one, you got to find the, uh, the content. Number two, you got to kind of put your own two cents as to, you know, why you're sharing that, that post. On Wednesday, folks, let's start getting into the habit of online learning. There is a lot of tools out there. Some of you that are in tech, you know, software developers, some of you need to work on your people skills. Guess what? There's things that you can learn online. Some of you that have um, uh, very people-oriented, maybe you need to work on some of your technical skills. So whatever it is, online learning is very, very important. And today they've made it so easy that you can do it on your mobile phone or desktop or really wherever it is that you might be. Um, and then lastly, on Friday, I want you to start updating your profile. All of us have changes that we need to make to our profile, even myself, okay? So update your profile, your headline, your, your summary, maybe adding some multimedia uh, to your work experience and so forth. But if you follow this LinkedIn weekly plan uh, and do something of these things every day, you're going to take some of these baby steps to help you build that LinkedIn muscle so that eventually you are active. 
I will tell you that even for myself, who is very active on the platform, and obviously I teach other people, I spend on average about a little less than 90 minutes a day on the platform. That's not a lot, folks. That's not a lot. You talk to anyone out there who is um, in business for themselves or has a company or a sales professional, and if they only prospected for 90 minutes a day, they wouldn't be in business that much. And the truth is, I'm also not prospecting 90 minutes. Anytime I open the app on my mobile phone and I'm just kind of scrolling, um, my uh, the uh, Apple iOS uh, is tracking that. Okay, so you don't need to be putting a lot of time and effort into LinkedIn. What you need to do is be very efficient and have a strong profile, strong brand, so that you are positioning yourself so you're attracting opportunities to you. I want to leave you with this, okay? And that is that, folks, at the end of the day, an employer doesn't really care that you're out of work that you have bills to pay or family to support. They care about what is relevant to their particular needs. Show them that you can solve their problem. Yeah, I know that sounds kind of harsh, but, but you and I need to show that employer that we are the solution to their hiring need. Hello and welcome to Career Talk with OG, where we empower you so opportunities come to you. Through our series of podcasts, we will give you relevant, practical, actionable career tips and strategies. We believe that through the act of storytelling, we can deliver relatable and authentic talks that allow listeners to gain real-world insight into the career journeys of industry professionals. With our very own Sason, we bring to you Career Talk with OG. For listening to Career Talk with OG. Be sure to rate us and let us know what content you want to see on our next podcast. For more information, visit our website at www.aspidaconsulting.com.